0: Welcome to episode 3 of Higher Consciousness. Today's episode is titled Understanding Oneself. And I believe this is an incredibly important topic in terms of the spiritual path and personal growth and for finding more joy and less suffering in our lives. And most of the world is trying to avoid suffering. And most people are trying to find more joy in their lives and more peace and serenity and understanding oneself is crucial to achieving these not only higher states of consciousness but to feel more joyful and at ease and peaceful and so that things feel less serious overall and to understand oneself means we must not be afraid to go inward we must embrace all that we are the light and the dark, that is within every person. If we suppress the dark, then it'll come leaking out in unhealthy and subconscious and unconscious ways. When you begin to analyze yourself, to try to understand who you truly are, there is an egoic component to it in terms of understanding what this false self is, who is this image or what is this image that I am trying to constantly upkeep and maintain? And then on the other side is your soul, which I believe in from what I've been taught is best perceived in meditation. Obviously, you can be soulful while being creative, while creating beautiful works of art, while being with family and friends and loved ones, while playing with an animal or going for a nice bike ride somewhere, of course your soul is there too. But I'm talking about direct perception of your soul, then yeah, I agree, for me, it's been meditation. But even before I got very deep with meditation, I was trying very hard to understand who I am. Not only the false self, but my overall being in combination with my soul and my higher self. And journaling was a huge part of this self-analysis. I used to journal all the time. Some journal entries were just venting about my day or my week or my month. And most of them were jotting down insights and realizations and connecting patterns and releasing old emotions and, and events from my life. And at times I would review, if I just felt like it, like I'd review, you know, last year's entries or a certain period from, you know, say September to December of three years ago or whatever. Just sometimes I just had a craving to analyze a particular part of my past. And more often than not, there was a connection to that urge. It's like deep down I knew there was something similar that had happened three years ago On that day or in that week or month that is happening now. And I've noticed that for myself, it's like I'm on this spiral going deeper and deeper inward. And things are getting more complicated in a way, like things feel more subtle as I'm moving deeper and deeper inward, as if the egoic blocks are becoming more elegant and sophisticated and journaling was very important in my life and studying who i am has allowed me to become who i am today there is no part of myself that i fear there is no part of myself that i feel like i deny i don't believe i'm a hundred percent there but whatever is left i'm ready for it because in the beginning whenever i needed to confront some past shadow behavior it would be difficult because I'm a perfectionist. I don't like not being perfect or as best as I can be. I don't want to be a subpar friend or to not speak in a way that's impactful or to affect anyone negatively. I always want to do my best to be my best. But there's the egoic side, which is very obvious, right? It's like the perfectionist, the perfectionist trying to avoid mistakes and errors. And then there's the soulful side, which is very loving and giving and just trying to, you know, lessen the suffering of others and myself. But there was a time where confronting the shadow side of myself was difficult because I didn't want to acknowledge that that's there. But without acknowledging it, it just got stuffed down even more and it causes more harm than good. So on the path to analyzing oneself, you will likely confront your shadow self, right? The parts of yourself that you don't want to discuss with anyone, not even with your own thoughts. And that's okay. That's really normal. (laughs) If you do your research on the shadow, you see that it's, it's a very integral part of the spiritual path and of reconciling your opposites, reconciling the light and dark within. And you know, we are a part of this universe, we are a part of everything around us, there really isn't any separation. So there's light and dark out there, there's light and dark within us. And I have found that acknowledging this and reconciling this has decreased that inner tension, right, that inner turmoil, that inner feeling just ungrounded and like discombobulated and just weird and out of it. And instead, I embrace all parts of me. And through doing that, it has helped me to embrace all parts of everyone else. My compassion has never been this high. And I, there's so many things to credit, but in terms of analyzing oneself, it really was that shadow work that I did. And it wasn't really that much to like spend time on. It wasn't like months and months of it. It was really just more like a small clusters of intense things that I had to acknowledge and it really helped me understand not only who I am but how other people are too and even that understanding has become less of this like intellectual analyzing like oh that must be their shadow self presenting no it's not like that it's more like I just love them as they are and sometimes that love is a delay and before I feel it, it's more like, oh, this person's kind of bothering me or irritating me. And that's because I might be resonating with whatever they're expressing, right? And that's something I might have not fully processed it in myself. But once I get past that delay, then I just feel that, that love for that person. And I don't know. I, I, don't, I feel like some of my friends I've spoken to, they try to understand themselves as well. And I don't talk to most of the world, but I just feel like people are distracted, you know. We have our social media, we have YouTube, we have food, <laughs> lots of sugar and, and other intoxicants that we can partake in. And I don't know, It's uh, it's become like such a major project in my life is my own consciousness. Like, who am I? I can't even believe who I was, I really can't. When I see myself in college or med school or even a year or two after, I'm like, what? How, like, it's like a completely different lifetime. And I really credit that to the meditation and the yoga I practice, and it's been accelerating this consciousness and this ability to identify with my soul more and more day after day session after session and i think that's so beautiful i think if you look back a year ago or a few years ago and it's like unnerving to realize that that person was you that's a good sign (laughs) especially if you're like on a path of self-growth and spiritual growth and uh I don't. I to be honest, I don't journal that much anymore. I actually cleared mine because I just feel so connected when I meditate. You know, with my divine family, like my guru is not alive, but I I feel his his spirit in my meditation because I'm practicing the yoga that he taught me, and it's like he's there with me, and and God as well. It's like. I journaled for five years, I would say, let me think, 2016, yeah, about five, five and a half years, and that was very important for my path and, and clearing a lot of old energies and once again studying myself and who I am and where I'm going and what I've left, but now it's like, I don't know, It's not. doesn't feel necessary. There's so many stepping stones I'm starting to realize on the meditative path. Um, I said journaling was one, right? Purification was another in that I purified a lot. I mean, everything. I gave up everything that you could call an intoxicant or something that could disturb your mood. And it's funny now, I, I realize like years later, while still on this Know, path of purification i could indulge in the things of my past that used to bring my mood down but they wouldn't touch me because of the meditation and because of the path i'm on and yet i wouldn't do those things because i don't find them interesting anymore you know there's a time i feel like when we're overcoming addictions even if it's something as what seems not as as epic as like say a drug but say sugar right like A lot of people are dealing with the sugar addiction. It's really hard to deal with. But I look at myself now and it's not even a question. I don't want it. (laughs) I'll have dates and coconut sugar that's unrefined or maple syrup or honey or whatever, like, you know, natural sugars, even in low quantities, obviously, or fruits. But it's like the things that I used to need to numb myself away, I don't want it do that anymore i like understanding who i am i embrace it i want to go deeper and deeper into the spiral because it doesn't always lead to joy there's a lot of chaos in this process but it's so damn rewarding that's what it is it's so rewarding to once again look back and be like man like who was that person it's crazy It really is. And I'm sure all of you listening, just think back to a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, how much you've learned, and how much you've learned without even actively realizing you're in that process of learning. And maybe you listening now, you are on a spiritual path, and you are on the path of understanding yourself, and just know that that effect of looking in the past will be amplified, and seeing the difference you're going to see your consciousness just completely shift like crazy. And I see the path that I've been on, you know, in that when I was in high school and college, I was fairly atheistic, like didn't care for anything spiritual. You know, I'd roll my eyes and think you're an idiot. (laughs) I was like very arrogant, very, very arrogant when I was in, in high school and college. I thought I knew it all. I thought I knew everything. My goodness, I didn't know anything. <laughs> I didn't know anything then. I know a little more now, <laughs> but still got a long way to go. But I thought I knew everything when I was in college. And then, you know, I got interested in Taoism because there isn't really the mention of the word God, right? <clears throat> And a little bit of Buddhism, right? And you can argue, is the Buddha atheistic? Or did he actually connect with God and chose not to label it as God? Like, whatever. You know, there's just not a big emphasis on a creator God in Buddhism. I think we can agree with that. And then obviously with Hinduism and the Abrahamic religions, like so many different ways to see God. And for me, as an atheistic scientist, that was very much about evolutionary psychology and so much of who we are is our biology and our genetics which is true to some extent but the spiritual path really came out of nowhere it was like an accident I didn't mean for it to start and then I didn't even embrace it at first, I rejected it but that spiritual path helped with this process of me analyzing myself which is something I've always wanted to do and have been doing And it gave me like a new layer. It was almost like embracing the spiritual path was akin to discovering a new color. I thought I'd seen it all in terms of seeing the world through from a scientific lens and through biology. And then I was presented with this other side. And I was like, huh, that's way different (laughs) than I've ever experienced. Like that's, interesting but once again I rejected it so hard you know because I don't mean to judge anyone and I'm not by saying this but I've met many religious people who are hypocrites in terms of their beliefs you know they'll say things and then it doesn't really match who they are and what they're saying and I guess I could say that I've been hypocritical in some ways but that's not really true it's more like People will ask me about overcoming, say, an addiction to like sugar. And I'm still in the process of overcoming mine. And I'll give advice about how to overcome it. While the next day I just binged on some junk food. You see what I'm saying? And I don't feel like that's being a hypocrite because I'm just still working on myself. And that goes the same for the religious people who are being hypocritical. Because they're just working on themselves too, as best as they know. So we can't judge But in the past, that is what swayed me. You know, I met people that would talk about Jesus' love or some prophet's love, and they seemed very cruel and vicious and filled with hate and separation. But that's okay. I'm not saying I want the world to have tons of people like that, but I'm saying, like, that's okay. That's just exactly who they are. Do you get what I'm saying? That's exactly who they are at this point of in their life. Because if they knew any better, then they f- would be better. <laughs> they just don't, for the most part, right? It's not one choice. It's like many, many choices that lead people to be who they are. But they're exactly who they are, as they are. And they are another child of God, Right? And just like our own brothers and sisters can irritate us, other people can irritate us and be hypocrites and be annoying. And we don't have to tolerate it, right? But we don't have to spend so much time with the hatred and inducing separation ourselves and venting about them. It's let people be. But as you can see me discussing this, it did have a very deep effect on my psyche. Or anything religious or spiritual, I just Rejected, like, immediately I'm like, no, this is not Anything significant, everyone's deluded It's just a fantasy and all that But that's the beauty of God In that everyone's connection to Him Is so personal, and it's so specific Like He knows you so specifically It's so interesting And He knew me to be so scientific and to be so averse to religion so of course the first thing i get drawn to i get nudged towards is taoism can't really say it's like a religion right it's more like a way of life like a belief system and it kind of resonated with me right just kind of had to flow more with the universe to stop going against the grain of life and then slowly slowly bit by bit but for me, like I mentioned in episode two, it wasn't church or some scripture that brought God back into my life. It was meditation. There were small experiences, you know, before I had them in meditation, but that's what it was. You know, it's, um, I, I mean, the question is, is, is why did I keep going, right? In the beginning, my meditations were sort of boring. I mean, they helped me feel more calm. Sure, that was nice, but nothing like extraordinary, but the extraordinary came later and that's what had me become hooked and not in an egoic desiring way but in a soulful longing way that meditation just became like I know if, if I was listening to this a few years ago I'm like what is this dude talking about meditation and God that like, I don't get it and I'm sorry if I sound weird or I'm not coming across clear I don't know what else to say I can meditate now. I'm just making this as clear as day. I meditate now. I do the whole process, right? I have like an hour of prep just to then meditate. Because once again, the breath work, the mantras, the yogic stretches, like all these things are stilling the mind and relaxing the body to then set you up to concentrate on God. And I've reached the point now, because I've already mentioned, like I feel the bliss and the joy within, and I'm like, oh, this is being with my soul. This is being with God, and that made sense to me. Far more than anything, any person, any preacher, anyone has ever said to me. It was my own personal experience in meditation. And then now, through concentrating on God in meditation, it's like before, my awareness would just be kind of outright Focused, and I'm just kind of out. But now it's like, the best way I can describe it is, you ever have it, you're on the phone with someone, and you're talking for a, a long time, and they're they're listening on the other end, but they're not making any noise. And you can just intuitively know. You just know they're still there listening, right? Because if there's any disconnect or the phone hangs up, you immediately can tell something's switched, something's off. And in the beginning, it was like I was sort of praying out into the ether or meditating, and I'm with my soul for sure. The soul was there, but God was not there yet. And then I began taking the awareness more outward. And it's like the same thing with the phone now. It's like I can tell I'm being heard. It's like I'm receiving feedback. You know, like I'm receiving feedback and meditation that this isn't one way anymore. It's going both directions. And, you know, the topic of this is understanding oneself. But Like I said, there's the egoic side, not in a negative way. I'm saying like literally the egoic, using your ego as a tool side of understanding oneself, right? Discovering who you are, how you think, your patterns, your triggers, your old traumas, these old energies. That's all there. We know that. But now I'm talking about when you understand yourself in meditation. It's very different, right? Because what happens is you perceive your soul. And it's always different. It's like, you know, it's there. You know, it's your soul. It's very, it it changes though. It's like your awareness of it's shifting. And then you come out of meditation, and then the egoic mind is just your way you perceive it changes. It's not so salient, your thoughts. Your mind is more still, and you see the false self more clearly, but you see it not with such separation. Okay, this is the ego. And this is my soul, but in conjunction, like this is me experiencing reality, like I'm here with everything. And like I said, it's all stepping stones. Journaling was a stepping stone, and purification was a stepping stone, and I used to use binaural beats, and that was a stepping stone, and certain types of self-help books were a stepping stone. I'd like to never read one again. with everything that i found now but they were helpful right these are all stepping stones and it's funny i already know the answer i'm not there yet but i already know the answer it's like as simple as scripture says it right keep your awareness on god be with god at all times like that's it (laughs) that is it i'm not there yet but that is it and I know it I know at the last second right when we all we're all going to get there eventually right enlightenment nirvana it's it's there it's that's the answer just be with god be with that cosmic consciousness at all times no matter what mental state you're in no matter what suffering you're experiencing no matter what the ego is saying and yeah Like I said, the spiritual path is going to surprise you If you are actively on one Or maybe you're just confused Like what's going on There's a shift happening in me But that shift is understanding yourself And when you're with your soul You're so free And you're free to not be afraid To look this false self in its face And be like That's not really me I'm using this ego as a tool in this lifetime to achieve things, to experience things. But at the end of the day, I am a soul. I just forgot. I really think enlightenment is less of a learning and more of a remembering. It's like remembering who you are, your true self. And like I said, for those wondering, I'm nonstop talking about meditation It's because I hope from every fiber of my being into my heart to you that you start having these experiences. Please stick with it. I don't know what else to say. Like, even now, I'm recording and my mind feels so still. I just want to keep talking about meditation and God. I don't have much else to say. And that's really surprising. You know, I started this podcast thinking... Man, I have so much to share with the world, but the deeper I go on this path, the stiller I am becoming. Truly, I have ne- like today. I was, I walked around. Uh, I'm in Ladakh, in, in a mountain town at eleven thousand five hundred feet, and went to the gym, and like, <laughs> barely had any thoughts. Like that's never happened in my life. Like just almost nothing, just with everything, experiencing everything. I love this so much. I really, really love this experience. I don't miss the old way. The constant venting and the separation and the egoic traps. I like what's happening. And I like this path. And, man, I'm telling you, if you talked to me a few years ago, and I told you in a few years I'd be so passionate about spirituality and meditation and God. I would think you're insane. Like, I really, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I think I'm not the only one that can achieve what's happening. And I was just in an ashram last week, and I spoke with one of the head monks there. And I saw it in his eyes. I'm telling you, the eyes are such a giveaway of of an avid meditator. It's, like, so obvious. Not only, like, the way they look at you, but, like, their actual eyes are so... Vibrant, like they're so alive. And I sat with the monk and I saw it in his face. Like I knew how much he meditated and I knew how much he loved God. And our discussion of the ego was fine, but I just wanted to like be near his energy. Like I just wanted to like sit there. Like it was his mind, his state of mind was so pure that I felt at ease more than normal just sitting with this person. And I'm starting to realize that. You know, the higher up you go on this path, the less you have to say. Like, that monk barely told me anything, and it was so helpful in such a subtle way. And I think there's something to that. And, like I said, what the stepping stones in my life, like, I've read so much and dissected so much and journaled so much, and I don't care for any of that anymore. It was very important at a point, like I said... But now my only goals are like, okay, I I found God in meditation and I can perceive my own soul in meditation and I can perceive God in meditation and that's really awesome. And whenever I'm in these higher states, like all my egoic worries and thoughts of separation are completely gone. But then I leave meditation and my mind is fairly still, but yet I don't feel that same bliss and joy through most of my day because I'm so active like I said the point of meditation is to or to prep for it is to still everything relax the body and the mind but then you start walking or eating or interacting with people and that awareness shifts so my new goal is to keep at least part of my awareness on God and my soul throughout my day and that's shown to be not difficult but just a new challenge and Once again, for those of you listening, don't be afraid to go inward. Don't be afraid to embrace what you once thought was stupid or silly or not for you. We're all on our own path. And I'm saying this from my heart. God knows you so specifically. It's such an amazing level of love. Like he knows you so specifically. And it's going to shock you. I promise, if you follow this path and you start meditating deeper and deeper, you're going to start to see how this cosmic consciousness is not separate from you. It's with you and it's guiding you and it's it knows you so well. It's so specific just for you. And the more you start realizing that, the more your, your love and your humility grows and your passion grows. And even now, it feels good to say this. Everything I've just shared, I feel a little weird about sharing it. I don't know. It's like there's some experiences I've had I'll never share. They're just for me. But I'm talking about me being like, you know, I went to med school. I'm a scientist and I'm discussing God as I am. It's like weird. (laughs) And it's only weird because I deep down have a fear of how I will be perceived, or how I will be judged for what I'm sharing. And through the act of recording this podcast, I am clearing that fear. Because that's it. like That's what I've become, is not only an avid meditator and a practicer of Kriya Yoga, but I'm falling more and more in love with God in this path every day. And at times I can't believe I was ever not on it. I can't believe there was a time in my life I didn't use to meditate. I I don't know what else I can say to convince you, the listener, whoever you are, to please meditate. I know it's boring in the beginning. I know it's like, it seems whatever, mundane. You have to keep going. You have to keep going. And everything will start to make sense. And then some things won't won't make sense and you won't even care. <laughs> because you're just with your soul. And everything's okay and everything's as it needs to be and things feel less serious. So I'm saying that now. I'm a scientist at, at birth, it seemed like. And my whole life I was a scientist. And then God brought me a guru who literally presents you the scientific method of yoga and presents it in such a scientific way and even says hey here's the path to contact god in meditation don't take my word for it just do it (laughs) see if it works and it does for me at least and that's beautiful I don't think I would have resonated with any other path as strongly as this one if it wasn't so scientific um, at its core. So yeah, Kriya Yoga has been the one for me. Like I said, I was just telling this to someone here, another tourist, that it's very common on the spiritual path to try many different practices before one really sticks. And I did the same thing, many different styles of meditation and different techniques. And then Kriya has been the one that's just like, yep, this is, <laughs> this is quite powerful stuff. This is the real deal. I like this. And um, I like the way my guru presents all this information. It really is lovely. And um, like I said, if you are still in that mode of, of suffering and, and dealing with so much horror and misery in your life, I'm really sorry. I truly am and I went through the same misery and suffering too but if you had to ask me to redo it all, I would because it brought me to be who I am today all of it and like I said, the point of this podcast is to raise your consciousness and it seems like I'm raising mine alongside with you, the listener I don't know. It really is a very specific love that God has for you. Does that make sense? I don't mean to be vague. I'm saying like that connection, like God is drawing all of us back to him in our own way. And that love is so specific and the path is so specific. There's redundancies along the way. And I get it. Oh, I know there's some of you listening, just rolling your eyes. Like, if he says the word God one more time, I'm going to just block this dude's podcast. <laughs> but that's the word I'm choosing. I, mean, I, I said it, I think, in episode one. I don't even remember. But God, to me, is an experience. It's really hard to verbalize. It wasn't through scripture. It wasn't a sentence. It wasn't one thing. It's just been an experience. It's a cosmic consciousness that I am a part of and I can perceive that connection and also strengthen it. That's the coolest part. You can strengthen that connection if you choose to. And analyzing oneself, understanding oneself is a very important stepping stone to get into that point. when I mean by stepping stone, I mean at one point you will discard that. I have no more desire to journal and self-dissect as much anymore because instead of doing all that i'd rather just meditate be with my soul and lessen my attachment to the ego be with god and all is well every time every time the only times it's not that way is when i can't get in that state of mind to still it enough and concentrate on god then that's obviously not A favorable meditation session but it's still one regardless and it just pushes you to keep going for the next one but being on this mountain now in complete solitude I feel like ready to speak more about the topics that I really want to talk about and this podcast will be very spiritually based and I just hope that some of my words can resonate with you and it's not coming off as like (laughs) some random religious preacher. I am not a religious person and likely never will be. Um, But very much a meditator and on the spiritual path. And there's nothing I could have told my past self in 2016 to embrace anything that I'm saying. Guaranteed. (laughs) There's nothing I could have said. Nothing, but you know what would have convinced me. You know what would have convinced me one hundred percent, if I sat with myself, if I had met a version of me or anybody who was an avid meditator, who meditated all the time, I would be convinced. That's what happened in New York when I before I left in Nepal, right before the pandemic. I met one of the monks at the Self-Realization Fellowship, which was established by my guru, Paramahansa Yogananda. He brought yoga to the West. He's no longer alive. But I met one of the monks, and I was already deep on this path, but not so much with God yet, or really with meditation. And I met him, and I just it was so obvious. It was just in his face. I don't know how to ex- express it in any other way. It was just like divine love and, and peace. And it was so soulful. Like I'd, never, I'd never seen anyone like that before. And I'm like, this is someone who meditates all the time and not only meditates all the time, but has a very specific practice that he does. And that's convincing because it's like proof. It's like there's the experiential proof in front of me that there's something different about this person they've done something they've experienced something and then even now like I mentioned I just sat with one of the monks for close to an hour and I felt it I felt that same like just love and peace like I I said I wanted just to like keep sitting there just to like absorb his energy I don't know how else to explain it it was so pure his state of mind was so pure that's what would have convinced me but in Ann Arbor at that time living as I was living in a hospital full of stressed out people I didn't, I never met anyone like that but they are out there and I hope you. some of you meet people like that because that's what would have convinced me it wouldn't have been scripture or some preacher or some book it would have been talking speaking with someone who is already deep on the path, that would have convinced me. Because I needed to see that it's true, right? The same way when I started to work out, I would ask the bodybuilders in the gym for help. Like, they are already doing it. (laughs) They are already very strong. They've already developed all these muscles. Like, hey, how can I, you know, better work out my triceps? I would ask them because, for the most part, they knew what they were doing. Same with this, you know, and it's... uh. Once again, that's why I was so repelled by religious people in the past is that they didn't they weren't expressing the same love that they were talking about. Right? If if someone's on a stage talking about God's infinite love and Jesus' sacrifice for us all and all that good stuff, and then starts venting in a negative, hateful, spiteful way about gays and lesbians yeah no that doesn't make any sense to me and never will and that's what i saw growing up and that's just part of the delusion of, of life pulling us away from that higher consciousness is we see a few religious people that we can call nut jobs or hypocrites and we just you know say screw religion as a whole and it's all bull crap, It's all fantasy And yada 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 And I already expressed that I, did, I felt all of that But God knows me so well He's like Oh this young man needs Actual experience Not only be convinced Or to start believing It's not even a belief It's an actual experience That's what he needs And that's what I was given That's what I mean by that Love being so specific And so tailored to you But you see It's not that God prevented me from meeting religious people to keep me, no, no, all this was needed, I needed to experience everything as it is, everything unfolds as it needs to for our soul's development, and I don't say it in a superficial way, like everything happens for a reason, uh, no, some of our choices definitely cause more suffering than is needed, but I mean with the perception shift and when you can see the suffering and you see your choices and you learn from them, then everything's unfolding as it is because this experience is shifting you. It's teaching you something, yeah, you could have not chose this path or this thing that you did or the decision and suffered less, but you didn't and you did suffer. So learn from it. Once again, it's unfolding as it needs to for your soul. Because if you already internalized the lesson or this method to prevent suffering, you wouldn't have got yourself in this new situation. If that makes sense. So in all that I'm saying, um, today I felt so still this evening, and I was trying to record before this one, and I just, it's like my, my mind felt so still, and it really was that I had hesitation in talking about God so much, because deep down I still have an aversion to that word, that's why I try so hard, not even in my own self, like it's an experience, but that experience does have a word, and it is God. And that aversion that I have must be cleared, and this is helping me in literally live right now to do so. And I feel sorry for some people, and I feel sorry for my past self. I was so angry and frustrated with people, because now I can see someone who's proclaiming, you know, talking about God's love, and they're very hateful, and I wouldn't vent about them in my head. I wouldn't say mean things about them or call them hypocrites. I would just say nothing. <laughs> like they're not my responsibility. Their state of mind and their emotions are not my responsibility. Oh, believe me, if they're try- if they're in in front of me and verbally abusing someone else, I'm gonna step in and say something for, for sure. But in terms of trying to like change them as a person, no, that is the ego. People can only be changed if they want to be changed. And some people embrace the hate. I guess they like that burning in their heart, which is something I don't understand. I never liked it. I just never was aware of it when I used to feel so much hatred. But it does seem that some people do really enjoy being hateful and I don't know what to say like there's other people in the world to help who are really trying to better themselves and that's all we can do better ourselves and lead by example so for those listening if you were like me and saw the hypocrisy of religious people I'm sorry they're just people they're just doing what they know and acting the way they know but I hope you find God in your own way and if you don't want to call him God, I don't care—cosmic <laughs> consciousness, the universe, whatever. Like, what I will say that I started that way too. You know, oh, I don't believe in God; it's the universe, and then no, it's cosmic consciousness. But then once I realize how specific that connection is, I'm like, oh, there it is—personal God. <laughs> I was just waiting the whole time for me to let go of the barriers and the resistance and the egoic kind of shields that I had but yeah I feel like at times in recording this I'm like speaking to my past self if I had my version of me from six years ago nearby I would just send him love (laughs) like there's not much I could have said just give him a hug like I'm sorry man (laughs) it sucks what you're experiencing it really sucks but you'll get through it you'll be fine just keep hitting the gym (laughs) meditate when you can surround yourself with 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 good people who love you and try to avoid you know uh, an unhealthy diet and all that good stuff but all in all it was like right there it's like right in front of me I just I couldn't see it and it was my past I really did have a hatred for some religious people I'm being very honest right now I did I really couldn't stand religion it just seemed like it was inducing so much separation in the world but then you'll meet a buddhist monk who only studied buddhism and will only love the buddha and everyone else of course but just a strict buddhist and he's not inducing separation in anybody <laughs> at all he's just meditating and reading scripture and just speaking to you about your ego and helping you with your attachments and life goes on so I had an extreme mind. It's like, oh, religious. Some religious people are so hypocritical and mean and vicious. So all religion is bad. You know that's, that's how I was. And now I see it as you know every soul resonates to a certain path, and that's it. And they're on their path in the same way that no one will convince me to stop doing Kriya Yoga. You can bring me every type of person. You can bring me a preacher from every religion, show me every scripture, yada, am Nope, sorry, I'm not, I don't care. I found it in meditation. This path is for me. Your scripture has beautiful verses in it and some of it is utter nonsense. Honestly, it is. Some of it's just nonsense and does induce separation in others. But some of scripture is beautiful and I acknowledge that and I respect it. But no. In the same way, I will not be convinced to stop meditating. I'm not going to convince other people to change their beliefs or to switch religions or drop religion or whatever. Like I said, all we can do is inspire others by leading by example. And based off of just sitting with that monk, I really think that is such an effective way to heal people is work on your own consciousness as much as you can and then you will effortlessly heal all those around you you'll barely say anything and they'll just like give you this look like you changed their life and and you did so if you really want to help people if you truly want to help people aside from actually helping people right like in your community and volunteering or whatever you do, or if your job directly helps others, of course, continue doing that. But also work on yourself. Make your consciousness an important project in your life and understand yourself and embrace the spiritual path. And you'll see that everything evolves with you, everything shifts around you. And I hope all of you meet someone like the couple of, more than two now, like the at least a handful of people that I've met that you can just tell they've they've they know God and they meditate and they're full of love, it's in their face, it's in their eyes, it's in their mannerisms, it's in their voice, it's so obvious when you see it, but that's what really helped push me forward on the path, and I still rejected it a little bit after that. And it took more and more experiences Because once again I'm a scientist at heart And I needed actual experiences Actual spiritual experiences To shift myself forward And to embrace God As no longer some idea Or some vague concept But a real experience That is had in meditation And in actual life So once again I'm sorry if if religious people around you have turned you away from religion it's fine because there's probably some other path waiting for you and then you'll if, if you're like me you'll circle back and see it all as there is beauty in it right it doesn't have to always be seen as separation it's just that I don't know if it's I can only say the minority it's all I could think of just that minority that causes so much trouble right it's that's just let them be Find your own path and and embrace meditation and your connection with others and and just know that it is a process, right? There's like I I wrote about this towards the end of my book that you know like when I studied Buddhism it's like the, you know the Buddha presents a path to enlightenment and I didn't understand that like why can't you just say it <laughs> why can't you just say what you did. Like, like, what did you do to become enlightened? Yeah, you meditated and these other things, but like, there must have been something because there was a moment in time where you weren't enlightened, and then the next moment you were. What happened <laughs> in that transition period? In that like span of time that you then became like, why can't you just verbally say it? <laughs> and it's a little bit of that arrogance from from deep down within me. It's like that inner child that's a little bit arrogant (laughs) and it's the same with this recording i'm doing right it's like it's taking me years to be who i am there's nothing i'm gonna say in an hour that's gonna convince you of anything maybe i'm just slightly nudging you to give another 10 minute meditation session a shot (laughs) but even if that is accomplished i'm a really happy person with that but the, the process can't be given Right? Even look at yourself, like I said, if you've changed a lot in the past few years, is there a few sentences you can tell the version of you in, say, 2017 that would instantly turn them into who you are today? No, it's a process, and that's why, I think that's why I've hesitated to speak more about God and my connection that I feel, because... I feel that maybe I should wait, oh I should give like 10 episodes first and then I can discuss these, these other things, these higher states to like warm you up into it but that's control and that's trying to force you how to think or how to perceive me and that's the ego and then today that's what I was struggling with I was trying to talk about other things but all I wanted to talk about today is God and I was hesitant to do that because I still have that aversion, or maybe now it's going to fully clear after this, um, to my past and how much I rejected God and religion and, and how I saw these people. But like I'm saying it to you, God to me is an experience in meditation that I'm trying to bring into my daily life, and that's all I know, right? I didn't, I mean, like I said, I read some scripture, but I didn't need it To get to who I am I needed meditation And I needed purification Top two for sure That's who led me to be me And uh, Yeah It really is a beautiful process And just know Even if this means nothing to you I still want to say it God's love for you is very specific It's so perfectly tailored for you And your temperament And your level of intellect And consciousness and awareness and your personality it's all for you so specific and perfect and once you discover it you just start giggling (laughs) because it's so cool it's so like wow i never thought it would be that way and i'm pretty sure some of the preachers i've heard have said stuff like this but i needed to experience it otherwise it was just empty words And if the preacher themselves have not experienced it, then it is empty words. That's what I noticed once again with that monk that I I was speaking with. It was so obvious that he knew God. I didn't even have to question him or test him. Like it was just, believe me, I wouldn't test anyone, I'm just saying. But I could just tell, like it was so obvious. And that's why everything he said had an impact, and I internalized it. It's because he was the real deal. And I hope to meet more people like that. I really do. And I hope you guys, guys and gals and all of you, um, experience something similar. Because that's what can really nudge you forward on this path. So if you require the experience of God and cosmic consciousness, then I hope it finds you. And it likely will. Just give it some time. And... Perhaps purification is what you need to to, I mean the best way I can say that it's done When you purify yourself It's like it refines your awareness There's less kind of like signal interference in your system So that you then can perceive God in these higher states of consciousness And without purification I think it would be exceedingly difficult So understand yourself Purify yourself meditate and maybe my words will start to make sense that I've shared today and if not then maybe on the next episode and with that I'll leave you all and I hope you all have a blessed day take care